the Thor, especially for people used to the MCU version of Thor, like it's a very different take on Thor. He is a, a large redhead, like drunkard who loves to fight and thinks even less than the MCU version of Thor, if you can believe that. <laughs> Episode 507. It's a podcast. I'm Mike, and I'm Josh. Welcome back, Josh. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for being here. It is the first Nerd Burger. How can there be a first anything at episode 507? It is the first Nerdburger being run partially off of some music that you just heard that's no longer playing. A new iPhone 13 mini. We were just talking about having some technical difficulties this morning, getting everything working. But yeah, I decided uh, Black Friday was a good time to upgrade my 12 mini to a 13 mini last year's phone. Because <laughs> I love the mini so much, and they don't make it anymore, and I, I and I wanted to have at least another couple three years of mini. And aren't the uh, the 13s basically the last ones that still can use physical SIM cards? As I didn't the 14 go all virtual virtual slash digital with that. It did not come with a physical SIM card. It's eSIM, but it does have. Does it have the thing on the side of it? I think the 13 it's, still has... I, I know the full-size 13 Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right because it came with the SIM to- removal tool, but it has an eSIM. So it can... Yeah, I think you're right. It can have a physical card. Whereas the 14s, I think they Can't removed that entirely. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's fun. Yeah, I get a, I get a $50 uh, gift card coming <laughs> to, to be used on a new iPad that I desperately, desperately need because this... <laughs> iPhone 8 <laughs> is come on wake up <laughs> I'm going to plug it back into power <laughs> Yeah I let the uh the backup uh or the uh, second audio source battery die I couldn't even I didn't even know where it was it's like wait where's the phone <laughs> I had to go I had to go look for it found it then you know it didn't turn on I had to scramble to find a fast charging charger and a cord bring it up here, plug it in and get it above the low battery warning screen. <laughs> Thank you, Josh, for being patient with me. No, that's fine. It was just, I, like I was telling you earlier, it was just weird as I'm so used to like, you're so super prompt with everything. And then like, <laughs> I think it was like three minutes after mm-hmm. the start time. And I'm like, okay, something's gone wrong. I don't know what, but <laughs> though, did you not get the email I sent you? Um, I like I did, but like just in terms of time, it, it, when was it? Uh, technical difficulties, and yeah, it was like <laughs> eleven. It, it was like seven minutes after yeah. the nominal start time. Well, anyway, we got it sorted, <laughs> sort of. So, how was your uh, Black Friday experience, Josh? Uh, 
pretty decent. I mostly got like various upgrades to my like home theater setup. I've been contemplating like my uh, my speaker system uh, was largely like really good, but hand me down uh, Bose speakers I'd gotten from my sister like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and they were like, they're the smaller like bookshelf type speakers. So I upgraded to something with a little more power finally. Nice. I bought um most of my Christmas presents for other people and and like I said some for me. Yeah, my my family has like it's gotten to the point like my family's not big on gifts amongst the adults. It's mostly for the kids. And even the kids like two of them, one just finished college, one is in college and one is about to go off to college. Mhm. Yeah, I have the same situation, except uh, I, I I don't buy the kids anything. <laughs> Although I I am I usually I get some kind of a food gift for for my sister and her family, which is where the, those the kids are. Um, but yeah, one of them is out of college, one of them is in college, one of them is about to go to college, and the other one's just a regular old teenager in high school. But um, yeah, you usually I get the uh, the nieces and nephew like you know one of the general gift cards like like a visa or an amex gift card they can use anywhere and then if i get anything for the adults it'll usually be like a bottle of a liquor yeah. i know they like i get them all some kind of fancy food thing they can that, that comes in quantity that they can share the six of them <laughs> that's that's worked out well in the past although as discussed i believe last week uh with my sister on the show uh i'm no longer using that service which, which should it go unnamed because they're because because they screwed something up so bad that i refuse to use them anymore i should name them right harry and david you get zero stars not recommended i'm not using you anymore i have i have to find alternatives now they were so they were so easy to use i used them for several years in a row for for my parents and my sister's family it sucks that they screwed screwed up so bad but anyway <laughs> your mileage may vary <laughs> harry and david please do not sponsor the podcast oh boy so that was black friday news but now we can officially start the regular news <laughs> do you have any news josh um, it's, uh, TikTok celebrity pet news that I literally <laughs> just saw, um, about 30 minutes before we started. Oh boy. What's this? Um, are you familiar with noodle the pug? Nah, not off the top of my head though. I, I, I'm, I've probably seen noodle the pug and didn't know I was looking at noodle the pug. Well, I, have you heard the phrase, uh, bones day or no bones day? I have not. So Noodle the Pug is this senior pug owned by a gentleman in New York, and he kind of blew up because he would do these quote unquote readings where he, he would kind of stand his stand noodle up in his bed. And if he stayed standing, it was a bones day, which means it was a day to, you know, <laughs> do something big, treat yourself, what have you. And if he flopped back down, it was a no bones day. Uh, where just take it easy, 
you know, don't push yourself too hard, be kind to yourself, that sort of thing. And it kind of blew up on TikTok. And uh, sadly, uh, oh, no. the, the sadly Noodle has passed away. Um, he, yeah, he, he, he was about a 14 year old pug. So like had a, a good long existence. But uh, but yeah, it, it, it was just like I said, something I happened to see just before. And like I've think i've been following him on tiktok like for about a year and a half two years like kind of around the time he first started getting big for those bones no bones readings even um the the owner put out a children's book uh using his image uh not that long ago well at least you can you can go by that and remember noodles yeah allison follows a, a, a some dogs on facebook and and tiktok I'm always having a phone shoved in my face with a, some dog TikTok video. So that's what that's why I think I have probably seen Noodles. Entirely. Uh, yeah, Noodle and the No Bones Day is the, the name of the, the book. Okay. Oh, interesting Christmas gift idea for said person who shoves TikTok <laughs> dog videos in my face. Thank God she doesn't listen to the show like most people. <laughs> I don't know if this is happy news or not. <laughs> I think it I think it ultimately is. I mean uh, comparatively it's probably a mood lifter compared to that first one. Let's hope so. Scientists make a quote unquote wormhole in dick fingers without rupturing time and space, study says. What? Physicists created a quote unquote dick fingers theoretical wormhole and sent a message through it without disrupting space and time. Potentially paving the way for more teleportation research, experts say. Scientists at Caltech created two tiny black holes in, in a quantum computer simulating what amounts to a traversable tunnel between remote regions of the universe. Huh? So, why is this news? <laughs> it's, it's, okay, they just made a, 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 a virtual wormhole. I, I imagine it's one of those, this is a first step right. towards like, something bigger. Like, hey, uh, the, our computers are, are powerful enough to do this now kind of thing. Yeah, like, it's one of those things, I it, like, if I understood the science better, I would probably be uh -huh. super excited for it, but I'm just a lowly engineer, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though researchers didn't make a physical wormhole, physicists hailed the study as a thrilling technical achievement. So, yeah, it's... it's uh, I think I think I may be onto something with that. <laughs> Our computers are powerful enough thing. Uh, experimental science, and we've been struggling now for a very long time to find a way to explore these ideas in the laboratory, and that's what's really exciting about this. Yeah. So, okay. So it's a it's a toy wormhole that they can play with that won't um, destroy everyone and everything. Maria Spiropulu says. Experimentally, for me, I will tell you that it's very, very far away. That being uh, our ability to teleport a living being through a time travel portal. Uh, people come to me and they ask, can you put your dog in the wormhole? <laughs> so, no. <laughs> Not yet. So, uh, there you go. Maybe if we could have sent um, Noodle back through a wormhole... <laughs> Uh, to uh send his consciousness back into his puppy self then we could have more noodle somehow maybe 
let's see what else is happening. How about entertainment news? Sure. Uh, Lord of the Rings actor Bernard Hill. That's uh, the guy who played uh, King Theoden. Says, oh, oh, slams. Not says slams. Rings of Power as quote money making venture and is not interested in watching it. I was interested in this uh, article because I'm also not interested in watching <laughs> Rings of Power. <laughs> as I've as I've stated before, uh, I watched the extended versions of the original Lord of the Rings uh, Peter Jackson movie, so approximately 12 hours of Lord of the Rings, and I think that's enough for, for me. I, I, I've, I get that because, yeah, I, I'm burnt out on so many of like the like I've been burnt out on Star Wars since I think um, final season of Clone Wars was the last thing I really watched closely. And even Marvel, I've gotten really burnt out on like the, the last couple of things I watched is I did see the the last Doctor Strange as it was basically uh, Evil Dead 4 <laughs> because Sam Raimi. Uh, and I watched Moon Knight as that was a character I like from the comics that I never expected to see adapted. Yeah. Who is in Moon Knight? All of a sudden I'm blanking on the actor's name, so I'm looking. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Okay, is yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The yeah. main character. Yeah. I heard good things about that from other people who who still watch Marvel stuff. I gave up on Marvel about three years ago. I just decided there was no way I was ever going to find the time to watch everything. And as a completist, I have to be able to watch everything. Yeah. And like, I'll probably like the new Ant-Man that's coming out. Like, I'll probably still watch that just because I'm so invested in that character specifically. Um, and that that also kind of much like Moon Knight, I never expected to see him adapted in the MCU. So a little more invested in that one than a lot of the rest. You mentioned Star Wars. I, I too, am getting burned out on Star Wars, but it's it's more of a recent development for me. The Obi-Wan series was what did it for me because that was such a disappointment. I mean, it was there were parts of it that were good and I enjoyed, you know, seeing Ewan McGregor again as obi-wan and of course seeing darth vader being super badass but uh yeah it was like you could tell that that was an idea they had for a movie that they then stretched into six or seven hours of tv show yeah i do probably i have been assured by multiple people whose taste i trust that andor is incredible now see that i i keep hearing that too but i tried watching it and i fell asleep i i (laughs) During the first episode. (laughs) That's the only complaint I have heard about it is that the first episode can be rough to get through, but the show as a whole is amazing. Okay. I I will try to give it another, another shot. As, as I mentioned uh, earlier, before we hit the record button to Josh, there, there've been, it's, it's more than just a new iPhone in the studio. And I, I think I've mentioned this on the show too, but prepare yourselves, everyone, because, Nerdburger now has fiber. Nice. That's right. Not only does Nerdburger have fiber, which Nerdburger has had for the last couple of weeks, but Nerdburger no longer has Comcast, <laughs> which is almost better in some ways. Yes, I, I finally 
cut the cord and returned the, I returned the equipment yesterday <laughs> and it was, it was much fun. Um, there, there's something that feels incredible when you've had a bad provider, when you physically take that equipment yeah, into yeah. The, the office. <laughs> Not just any bad provider, but a bad provider that had a monopoly that you couldn't get away from. I don't know why. Still don't know why. Uh, our area of the general larger area we live in was the last area to get fiber, but we finally got it. And um, I was going to keep the cable TV for another several weeks through the holidays just you know to have tv during time off right but um call it god call it yawa call it the universe the force whatever decided that <laughs> we were not going to have cable <laughs> one minute longer than the thunderstorms that came through tuesday night <laughs> this past week which uh lightning struck close enough to the house that it recharged the dead uh light bulb in the laundry room so now that light bulb works again which is how i know lightning is struck close to the house uh but it, it was close enough that it got into the cable line and fried the cable box ah. <laughs> so it took a couple of days for us to get get through to comcast to actually cancel the account and then uh which happened thursday and then i i took the box in yesterday yay so now i have a tr free trial of youtube tv <laughs> <laughs> and i'm still paying only two-thirds what i was paying even if i pay the full amount for youtube tv on top of the fiber it's still only two-thirds what we were paying for that stupid comcast which had uh one-eighth the internet speed and fewer channels yeah no i've been real i think i've had my fiber i know it's been at least a year as i'm like through the you know the promotional period on my initial rate but uh but yeah, in general, very happy with my fiber internet. I am too. I looked at a lot of the streaming options with live TV and YouTube TV is, is seems to be the best. It's definitely the cheapest. Um, and it has the most local channels. Yeah, the only two options, I, I'm not doing a live TV option right now, but yeah, the only two I've seriously considered was YouTube TV, and I did Sling for a while. A Sling has multiple packages where you, you know, you can pay less and, you know, not have to get everything, everything, but... Uh, oh, that's nice. I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't look at Sling's website yet. I just looked at, you know, somebody's review of multiple services and they they threw up threw the prices up and the general stats but they were only showing me one of slings options apparently not yeah it, it was probably the sling option that had everything yeah. comparable to youtube tv yep. which yeah i think at that point sling can get really pricey but you you know there there's a more basic package there's like a, you know kids package with like a lot of the stuff that has animation on it yeah. that sort of thing the thing that i noticed in that review was that youtube tv had like 10 local channels and the next highest one was six and then five and then four and then three and i was like wow what's that all about but it turns it turns out it, it's they have like four spanish language channels that i don't i, I wouldn't use so I, I really don't think it's it's any better than the one that the ones that have five or six local channels. So that's your your four networks and one one or two of your PBSs. I'm assuming 
so I'm gonna have to take another look at that. If I looked at Philo, Philo is a pretty good option for the price, $25 a month, and you get most of your basic cable channels, but no live, uh, or, uh, no, it is, is it live TV? I think it is. I think it's live TV with DVR, but it's no local channels. Josh is looking. <laughs> I, I was just curious. Philo is one I hadn't heard of before, so... I was just kind of looking at what it was and and like my question is always now like who owns it and therefore what content will they yeah. actually have. YouTube TV looked like the perfect option and then I started the trial and went to set the Curse of Oak Island to record because it's like one of the only cable channels I actually or uh, shows I actually watch thanks to my dad who got me hooked on it and uh and they don't have the history channel. <laughs> They have everything but the History Channel. I'm like, well, that's one of the one, only ones I want. So, but fortunately, the History Channel has its own app that's free with ads, and you can uh, stream the new episode starting the day after it airs, which I'm fine with. I would do that anyway. Yeah, it's always nice when things offer those kind of options. All right, let's see. Study Finds, that's a website that talks about studies that find things. Uh, a study has found that the average couch has been part of 311 arguments, 316 drink spills, and 286 episodes of makeup sex. On average, a sofa will stay in someone's home for eight years, being the location of 401 naps and playing host to 8,508 hours of television. The study of 2,000 adults in the United Kingdom. Okay, so this is, uh, yeah, close. Commissioned by British furniture company <laughs> Sophology. Like, Sophology. Also found the typical couch suffers 65 scribbles from kids and sees men sleeping on it a total of 269 times after a fight with their significant other or a drunken night out. Uh, 92% admit they will also always look to resell the furniture when they no longer want it. How long have you had your couch, Josh? Uh, actually my current one, I haven't had that long. I replaced like a big heavy sofa with a rollout bed probably about 5 years ago with a um with just like a futon, um something that's easier to clean under and all that. Yeah. We've had ours for at least 10 years, but no more than 12, I think. So somewhere, let's call it 11. So longer than the average sofa in the study and yours less than. Well, between the two of us, though, we're, 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 Averages we're right there. 11 and 5. Yeah, we're at 8. So that's perfect between the two of us. I like the, <laughs> the statistic of uh, <laughs> 311 arguments and 286 episodes of makeup sex. That means that 25 arguments did, <laughs> did not uh, result in makeup sex. <laughs> what is that percentage? 25 out of 311, that's going to be just under 1 12th. So what, like 8%? Yeah, thereabouts. Oh, there I go doing math on the, on the live on the podcast again. 25 divided by 311. Holy crap. I, I mean I was about to say, we're both in very math-heavy professions, so I got we lucky. can't help ourselves. Yeah, I got lucky this time. 
8.04%. Yay! I've been screwing up the math live on the show a lot lately. (laughs) Whoa, 71% of people have, have bought or would consider buying a second-hand sofa. Ew. <laughs> Again, that's the UK. Maybe sentiments are, are different over here. I, for one, would not buy a second-hand sofa at this point in my life, knowing what I've done to the one we've had, we have. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I don't know that I'd completely dismiss doing so, but that thing is getting thoroughly cleaned if it ever comes into the house. It would depend on a lot of factors all aligning in exactly the right way together. Yeah. As I'm still at a stage where a lot of my furniture, like I've, I've replaced a great deal of it since moving out on my own, but I still have a bunch of pieces that are like hand-me-downs from, from various family members. So like I don't fully dismiss it yet, but uh, definitely is nice to have something new that you completely picked out on your own. Definitely. Okay. Hey, have you ever, uh, not, not counting eBay, right? Have you ever bought anything on an online auction? Again, not counting eBay. Other than eBay, I don't think so. I, I have, um, but not much. And, uh, so I, I'm, I have an account on this, uh, website. It's, uh, called Heritage Auctions and it's like collectibles. And, you know, they do a lot of movie memorabilia stuff. I've heard of them. Yeah, they're they're one of the, the big ones or the big one, possibly. Um, pretty good experience. They have some weird rules about shipping things to you that I'm not a fan of. But so I, anyway, I get emails from them occasionally telling me here, here's here's, you know, this upcoming auction or that upcoming auction. And they, they're running one right now. It is. Let's see, where is, what is the name of this auction? I'm just amused as I just went to their website and the first thing it shows me and like the scrolling like bar at the top that shows some of what's going on, uh, Dragon Ball Z trading cards of some sort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the one that I, I wanted to bring your attention to is the 2022 December 17th. Hollywood and Entertainment Signature Registered Trademark Auction Number 7316, featuring such items as, and I'm going to share my screen with you here. Here we have for $100,000 opening bid, the Ferrari 250 GT California replica used in the crash scene of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So this is not even a functioning car. (laughs) It's a shell with no engine. Or drive train. And it's been it's been sort of restored after having been crashed <laughs> outside of Cameron's dad's house. Or it's like one of several backups made for that scene. No, this is the actual one that got crashed. <laughs> oh, yeah, used in the crash scene. Built and used solely for this memorable sequence as it hurled backwards through the glass of Cameron's father's garage, falling to the ground below. Following production, the car was rebuilt as a display piece. So somebody had this hanging somewhere, like in a garage from, from the ceiling. And it's got, you know, it's not perfect. It's got like a, you know, a chunks of paint missing here and there. 
still. Something else from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's Ferris's sweater vest. For $30,000 opening bid. <laughs> you can buy one of these on Amazon. I was about to say, yeah, there's places <laughs> that specialize in doing like replicas of that kind of stuff. Yeah, the reason I, I found out about that was because of the episode of the Goldbergs where they they played off uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and they, they like uh the both both of the kids and I can't even remember their names Adam and what's what's the older brother's name both dressed up like Ferris Bueller and had the whole outfit and I was like where do you where do they get these and I looked it up and it was like yeah you can buy them there's there's some company that makes these replicas and they sell them on Amazon and they're pretty affordable so other other ones that I I thought were fun were uh Marty McFly's hoverboard from Back to the Future 2 only $40,000 opening bid it looks like it's seen some wear and tear. <laughs> Let's see what they say about it. Vintage original hoverboard prop without question. Mattel hoverboards on them is blah, blah, blah. With a hole drilled in the top front for affixing handlebars not included, which were present when Marty first snatches the board from the little girl. Lacks the circular foot pad with fink purse strap. Pink purse strap. Did I say fink purse strap? <laughs> Dyslexia much on top and the gravity pads on the bottom as it was used for effect shots with the actor attached to the board while suspended by wires. Exhibiting age, production wear with scuffing, Velcro strips, very good condition. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't call that very good, would you? Yeah, I was just looking. It, th- that's, yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> definitely don't think I'd pay 40000 for that. No. This one was interesting to me. Jules Winfield's briefcase from Pulp Fiction. I love the description on this one. Uh, I was about to say, I'm pretty sure my dad had a thousand briefcases like that at some point. (laughs) This one has the uh, hardware, including the number wheel locking mechanism set at 666. The interior top suede lid houses a series of folders and pockets. Velcro is lined along the edge of the interior for affixing electronics, which are not present for the light. Let's see, this says that uh, fans have theorized for years, but in the original screenplay, the briefcase contained diamonds. But according to literally everyone else, it's uh, Marcellus Wallace's soul that's supposed to be in there, right? Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) Or, you know. (laughs) Because why would it be glowing and why would would people, you know, be so mesmerized whenever they opened it and looked at it? It was funny. I was, I think, did I watch this? somewhat recently within the last six months or so and i got to thinking you know famously pulp fiction if if you haven't seen it and i don't know how that's possible if you haven't it's out of order right it's non-linear and there's a point to telling it the story that way i don't know what it is but it works but i was trying to figure out okay if you string it together in actual order all of the scenes in chronological order how many days is it is it one day is it two is it and i was thinking maybe it's two days and they were two consecutive days but i don't think that it is i think it's like four days and i i I seem to remember looking it up and i'm pretty sure it is four days yeah it's it's for me it's been a long time since i last saw that movie so i actually have no sense of that at the moment (laughs) zoom's controls are getting in the way of things what else do we have here arnold schwarzenegger's uh harley davidson from terminator 2 only one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. 
<laughs> Who buys this stuff? That's what I want to know. Because all this, you know, half of this stuff's going to get sold. Or most of it, I'd I, I guess. Here we have Captain America's shield. At the round one. They also have Captain America, uh, like a, a shield-shaped shield. I don't know why there's two of them. Again, I haven't seen most of these movies. Can you explain why there's a shield-shaped shield and a round shield? Um, I assume um, I haven't seen the the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier show, but I know one of the characters, um, the the guy who steps in as Captain America, who eventually kind of falls out of grace. Um, he's a character from the comics called U.S. Agent, and that looks a lot like his shield. This one, yeah. When he could no, when he no longer. Oh no, First Avenger. I haven't seen that in so long, but I, I vaguely recall he used a more traditionally shaped shield for a while on yeah. that one. That one's twenty thousand. The round one, however, fifty thousand. <laughs> yeah, the one people would actually recognize one, the, as a Captain yeah. America shield. There's a Y wing number one used to build every. Y-Wing filming miniature from the original Star Wars. Is that right? It says from the original. Oh, First from, three-dimensional Y-Wing ever built? From uh, Star Wars, which I assume they mean A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Was there not a Y-Wing in Empire? I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Y-Wing made an appearance on that one. It would have been during the evacuation from Hoth sequence if there was yeah like i don't recall seeing but again like it's been a while since i've seen the originals that's fifty thousand (laughs) dollars here we have a 1961 volkswagen beetle from herbie goes bananas all painted up like a herbie 40 that's actually not bad forty thousand dollars for a 1961 movie used herbie this is one of the more reasonably priced things, I think, that we've looked at. Does it actually work? Oh, I mean, if it worked, I'd imagine it'd be more than that, but... It has the engine and transmission. More Star Wars stuff. We've got Ray's quarterstaff from The Force Awakens. 35000 <laughs> A golden ticket from the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, 1971. $21,000. I don't know why that's in between all the lightsabers. We've got more. We had Mace Windu's. We've got Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi lightsaber with a metal rod sticking out the end of it. Does it come with the... It's got like the... uh, What do you call that? The green screen green blade that looks like it detaches. Yeah, 38-inch long hollow aluminum rod or blade that has been painted fluorescent green. Here we have a... Oh, how much was that? That was 20000 A lot of $20,000 stuff. Here we have a foam rubber ghost trap from the original Ghostbusters for $20,000. This thing looks like it's... Uh... It, it looks like it's seen some stuff. Well, foam tends to degrade over time, and this, this foam certainly has. But these are one of the ones that they, they'd wear when they were like running around in scenes where they're... You can't really see them, you know, see stuff up close. Like they've got 
a screen grab of Ray running after Slimer in the hotel corridor. He's supposedly wearing this. Freddy Krueger's uh, razor glove from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, $20,000. Hey, for only $15,000, you can have Egon's uh, jumpsuit from Ghostbusters 2. I think that would be worth more because it's the dead Ghostbuster. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm actually surprised that one's not the initial listing isn't for more. Now, if it was the first Ghostbusters movie, this would be a, a, a very good deal, I would think. If you were a movie collector that had $15,000 to throw around or $18,750 with buyer's premium. <laughs> Though even for two, I feel like that's a decent deal. I think so, too. I think the Herbie car and this Egon suit are your, your best deals of, of the stuff we've looked at. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff in here. This was, this was the stuff that I found on the first page. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. While you were talking about the other stuff, I, I, I am a history nerd. So I kind of fell down a rabbit hole of looking at like the ancient coins and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Like the the Roman era coins are not as expensive as I would have thought, which I really, really didn't need to know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> have, have I... uh. Have I caused you problems later on? <laughs> oh, it, it's they're still just expensive enough that like, no, not like not even remotely in the near future. But it's the sort of thing like I probably will revisit down the line. <laughs> well, um, you're welcome. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Josh, what did you want to talk about today? I I have been I've only just gotten to the point as I've about finished it other than some optional stuff uh the new God of War game God of War Ragnarok well I am very much so so this is a direct sequel to the one they released in 2018 which so so you have the original God of War trilogy, which happened in Greece, um, which is about a gentleman named Kratos, and I use gentleman sarcastically, um, who, like, before the events of the game, he was a servant of Ares. Ares basically betrays him. Um, so the first game is his rampage getting revenge on Ares with the help of other gods who don't like Ares. And then the rest of the trilogy is him basically increasingly having beef with the rest of the Greek pantheon. And the the original series ended with the Greek pantheon's dead. Greece is in chaos. And it's kind of left open as to whether he survived or not. Uh, so in 2018, they, re- they released God of War 4 slash just titled God of War. And it picks up, he is in Norse territory. Um, he has had a wife and kid. The That game kicks off with his wife has passed, but had requested her ashes be spread from the tallest peak in all the realms. Um, so, and it kind of presents, it's like, there's a lot of like father-son stuff. He's has on their journey they kind of vaguely come into conflict with some of the norse gods and he doesn't want a repeat of what happened with greece he he wants his son to have the opportunity to grow up differently from him um like to to not get stuck in the cycle of violence he spent so long in 
And so, like, spoilers for about two minutes, uh, the end of the 2018 game, you get to the end, you do the thing. Um, one of the uh, couple of North, Norse gods have been killed along the way, and you find out that uh, Kratos's new wife, who he's only been referring to as Faye, you find out that Faye is short for Lofi, who, if you know your mythology, mother of Loki, and that she originally wanted to name their son, who who ended up named uh, Atreus after a Spartan that Kratos respected. She originally wanted to name him Loki. So basically, the stuff they did in the first game kind of triggered the start of Ragnarok. And so you kind of move to the new game and it's trying to figure out how to avoid Ragnarok altogether, which various prophecies indicate is for sure going to happen. And that's the, uh, the end of the world, right? The end of the world, though, you find out very early on in the new game that the giant who originally came up with the prophecy for Ragnarok had held one thing back from from Odin. And that was Ragnarok's only the end of Asgard uh, and not the rest of the realms. Okay. So so basically it's it's the end of a lot of things, but there's a chance the other realms will weather it. And kind of the other element is towards the end of the first game, you find a prophecy that references Kratos dead and uh, his son going off with Odin. So a lot of the second game is figuring out how to avoid that. And it, it, it's a lot of it's a third person action game. Um, the, the 2018 one introduced a new weapon called the Leviathan Axe which uh belonged to kratos's second wife um and it's kind of neat it's like it's got ice powers you can throw it and like summon it back uh like how mjolnir is depicted and it's uh it's actually explicitly stated that it was made by the same two dwarves that made mjolnir for the um a seer uh and they made it in penance as they hated that Mjolnir was used to destroy has like at the start of the, the new series, like all the giants are dead, uh, except for two. So, uh, because Thor supposedly went around slaughtering them all with the weapon these dwarves had created. So they had made this axe for Lofi um in the wake of all that in an attempt to atone. Uh, so so you have that axe, uh, and then you also have Kratos's, you know, eventually you do get the signature weapon from the original series, which are these chained blades that he swings from his arms. Um, they're, like, connected to his arms, and, like, you know, you can do all kinds of, like, swirling moves, like, whipping them out. Um, in the newer games, you can use them to, like, spear someone and pull them towards you, you know, <laughs> kind of like Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. So they're attached to his arms with chains. Is that what that means? Yeah, yeah. It was it was something that was done to him by Ares um, in the original series. Like, and supposedly they're not necessarily attached now, but like you know, chains manifest when he uses them now, um, so they can still use them the way he used to. Uh, and then the new game also introduces a new weapon, which is a spear that can replicate itself 
uh <laughs> that that the basically sometimes when you stick enemies or you can also throw the duplicates like you can stick enemies with them and then there's a move that lets you detonate the spears you've sent out oh the duplicates <laughs> nice yeah, no, it's a weapon I didn't appreciate when it first showed up, but like trying to do some of the harder has I finished the story, but there's a couple of optional boss fights, like really hard ones I've been trying to do, and the spear has become my favorite for those. I, I was thinking like um you throw the spear and it sticks into someone who then, you know, runs away or dies or falls off a cliff or something, and then you you don't have to go get the spear. You can just manifest another spear. But it's even better that the you know the first spear explodes. Yeah, that there's so all the weapons have like a, a move tied to a particular button that has to do with their special property. And yeah, the spear if you've stuck something with one of the duplicates, there's a move where you just smack the butt of the spear into the ground and it detonates any, <laughs> any duplicates that are out. Oh, wow. That could uh, be how many, how many duplicates can you put out there and, and, th and then later detonate? I think when you have it max leveled, you can have up to eight duplicates out. Um, and then if you try to put out any more, like the earlier ones get kind of replaced. Oh, but that could be that could come in handy in like, you know, a battle with with multiple enemies. You know, if you could like stick three or four people and then detonate. Oh, it, it it's very useful and it is kind of an area of effect explosion that like if you have enemies grouped up mm -hmm. um, and you, you have special moves that kind of play to that has one of the special moves for the spear is you throw it to the sky and a bunch of duplicates rain down and can stick any enemies that, that are actually in the area. Uh, which that one's actually I found useful as an opener for some of the boss fights. But yeah, in general, you know, just fun third-person action game. Um, you don't necessarily level up, but like you can improve all your gear as you go along or get new and better gear. Like various different kinds of armor uh, and and special abilities for the weapons or like attachments that change the properties of the weapons in some way you pretty much by the end of the game can explore freely explore most of, you know, the, the Norse nine realms, uh, which in the first game, I think you ended up limited to like five, um, because the game didn't quite have the budget or the scope that the new one does. And I'm trying to, uh, the music is done by the, the very talented Mr. Bear McCreary. Oh, from uh, many uh, very good television shows that I have watched. Yep, uh, he he did the me. Uh, he was the composer for for both of the the Norse uh, setting games, the the 2018 one in Ragnarok. What am I thinking of? Is, did he do Walking Dead? He did Walking Dead. Okay. I mean, yeah. he's done a bunch of TV. Yeah, I see shows, his name but... all the time. Yeah. Yeah, as I was trying, he's done about he's done film scores. He's done. I, I was I uh, I forgot he did the the new. I say new. I think they're doing another new one. But the the two thousand and four to two thousand and nine Battlestar Galactica. Yep, yep. He did Eureka, which I never knew. 
uh walking dead of course uh he did some music for um metalocalypse if you know that animated show agents of shield yeah he's done he's done a lot more than even i realized wow well he's got such a unique name you know that you can't help but notice it in the credits oh i never picked up on this so at one point in ragnarok you walk through a a tavern run by this very kind of surly dwarf uh playing a musical instrument uh apparently he voiced that musical dwarf which i never knew Because I don't know what he sounds like. I've never heard like an interview with him or whatnot, so I just never picked up on or appreciated that, but that's a fun little reference. It's not enough that he scores nearly everything. He's got to have, you know, an acting role to... <laughs> in the stuff he works on, too. Well, I, yeah, I was about to say, uh, yeah, I just never noticed or appreciated that before. He's also apparently scored a Call of Duty game. Or no, it's one that's uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. I've not played that one. So how far have you gotten through? I'm essentially, I've done everything there is to do except for two optional boss battles. And they're the two most difficult ones that it is entirely possible. I will never get through them because I am (laughs) not, I do not have those kind of reflexes anymore. Oh, wow. Oh, and the other fun thing is, uh, so the original uh, voice of Kratos for for the first trilogy was T.C. Carson, who, uh, did you ever watch the 90s sitcom Living Living Single? I don't think so. Which one was that? Uh, That was the Queen Latifah one. Oh, okay. No, I don't think I watched that. Well, he 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 was actually an actor on that. Played a, a character called Kyle Barker, which I only just recently connected that because I think he he has, he was credited as a uh, Terrence Carson uh, when in a lot of his live action acting appearances. But for you know a lot of his voiceover stuff, he's only credited as TC Carson, which I had never connected the two before. Um, so for the new series, they ended up they ended up recasting him uh, and the the Kratos for the Norse saga is Christopher Judge, uh, better known as Teal'c from Stargate SG-1. Stargate SG-1 was the TV show. TV show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, And I've read a bunch. I know part of the reason for the recast is they were having the voice actors do some uh, motion capture uh, and it it was kind of a function of like they wanted Kratos and the Sun characters actor to do motion capture together, which that kind of created an issue with the original voice. Has Mr. Carson is apparently quite short, uh, and apparently would not have been noticeably taller than the boy. So, so part of the reason was, was just practical reasons because of that um because christopher judge is a very large man but uh he he ended up being a good choice for the voice i think especially just since it's it's such a he's such a different character compared to the original trilogy he's not like a being of pure rage that has like his whole storyline in the new games is that he's trying to be a good father he's trying to not let his son fall into his ways 
he's trying to protect his you know him and his uh without you know destroying the world in the process so it's just kind of a very interesting character arc and um the year i've had the the father son stuff's really hitting i don't know if we ever talked about it uh like when recording but i lost my dad very early in the year so it, it's funny so this game kind of hit a huge emotional gut punch like 10 minutes in so like i lost my dad earlier in the year then a few months later i lost a cat i'd had for a really long time 10 minutes into this game the boy loses one of his pets oh and i was like game i this was going to be hard enough without you throwing that gut punch at me like 10 minutes in yeah technically difficult now also emotionally difficult yeah thank you game yeah we just kind of, the the game did that and it's like really like this the, i like i knew the game was gonna hit me hard enough uh, uh just with the father son stuff as it was but yeah then when that happened i was like really was that necessary yeah. and it's a character that the, the, the pet that dies like has a name and if you know the mythology you know maybe he'll come back in some capacity later on but it, it the the moment is just so well acted by um atreus's actor who i almost when i initially saw trailers i almost thought they had recast him as but but just because of the ages his voice changed so much between the first and the second game oh was he a child for the first game Essentially, like I think, like I can't remember how old he was precisely, uh, but yeah, very, very young. And then, like now, a he's seventeen uh, now. Uh, so yeah, when the first one came out, he would have been like twelve. Yep. So overall impressions. Oh, it's an amazing game. I don't. It's comparing it to the 2018 one that kicks off the Norse saga has like that one was just such a we a, a huge pivot from the way the original series was is like instead of being a story about, you know, an angry man who refuses to die getting revenge on the Greek gods, it's it's this father son journey. And so it's just such a huge pivot that like the 2018 one I might was just so it it was a new direction, whereas this one was just a continuation of that direction. So like both amazing games, I'm not sure I'd place one above the other. Okay. So consistent. Consistent. Oh, very good. consistent, yeah. <laughs> so fans of I, fans of the first, you know, the last one will definitely want to play this one. Oh, for sure. And I thought they did a good job with the characterizations of the, you know, the other Norse gods that finally show up in this one has the first one you only see, I think, like four. Yeah, four in total. Um, you meet Freya, Balder, uh, and Magni and Modi, uh, who are Thor's kids. Magni and Modi are kind of interesting because in the original mythology, they're they're two of the Asir that actually make it through Ragnarok. Um, not quite the case here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like in the the new one, you meet the broader pantheon and they do a good job of like Odin's this 
kind of presents himself as this reasonable grandfatherly figure but like you kind of know from context from other people you've met along the way that he's a manipulative asshole just good at hiding it (laughs) the thor especially for people used to the mcu version of thor like it's a very different take on thor he is a a large redhead like drunkard who loves to fight and thinks even less than the mcu version of thor if you can believe that (laughs) it's like it's one of the plot points that he is convinced that the only thing he is good at is destroying and killing yeah um and he's just kind of accepted it (laughs) there's actually this neat moment has um you meet and have a fight with him early in the game before like the actual for real boss fight. And there's a moment in that fight as he's trying to draw out. He he wants Kratos to really fight him and he's complaining about Kratos holding back in that initial fight. And at one point there's and I didn't even realize it was like a scripted moment in the game. Uh, there's a quick time event that you lose and and having gone back through it, I don't think you can possibly win it. But like so Kratos like dies and you get the game over screen <laughs> and then you just get uh, you hear Thor say like, no you're done when i say you're done and then all of a sudden it cuts to um mjolnir being pressed down on kratos's chest and shocking him back to life (laughs) that's a fun psych out (laughs) that that was a yeah that was a fun moment and like i wondered if that was yeah like initially i've watched it a bunch of times played by different people and yeah i just that was scripted you you can't actually win that quick time event but i thought that was a fun moment just in general whether it was scripted or not (laughs) how many times did you go back and try to win it before you gave up um like i i only i think i tried once just to see if uh, just to see if that was a thing that absolutely had to happen as part of the boss fight and then i've watched like a couple of youtubers play through that moment and yeah just does not seem like there's any way to get through that without that happening which which is fine as like i said it's such a fun moment oh yeah and that that's kind of the other thing this one is i will say one thing the new game is definitely better at better enemy variety and like more kind of mini boss type stuff it's because there's not a whole lot of like big boss type battles in the first game whereas this one had considerably more even without getting into the optional bosses well cool sounds like sounds like you had a lot of fun with that one no, I did. Now it's just a question of do I make more attempts to get through those last, last two, two, like <laughs> the hardest optional boss fights uh, before I move on to the game that just came out yesterday that I'm excited about, the Callisto Protocol, which is a horror game that is a spiritual successor to a series called Dead Space that I've always been a big fan of. Cool. Will we hear more about that one next time? Very likely, um, (laughs) in the way that God of War has been all I can think and talk about, like, the last month or so, that'll probably be it for the next little bit. All right. We'll look forward to that. (laughs) So, a new segment that I'm I'm 
doing at the end of the show when it, when I remember to think about it is <laughs> uh, I've done it once. I forgot to do it last week. Um, I would like you, Josh, to tell me a short joke. And by short, I mean like a minute or less. Not like it doesn't have to be, you know, like why did six or why was six afraid of seven because seven, eight, nine, like, you know. Oh, I'm 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 bad at jokes, so like okay, that's fine. If you don't have one, you don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I'll definitely be thinking about that going forward. I'm just normally not good with being put on the spot like that. Okay. Yeah, no, I just nothing's really coming to mind offhand. Um, I'm the but same. like I said, I'll, I'll I'll be thinking about it for in the future. Okay, I I I I toyed with the idea of giving you a heads up on that and. I thought I'd I'd try surprising you with it. Maybe I should give people a heads up. Like, I'm sure there are other people that would be better at it being put on the spot like that. I'm just not one of those people. It just seems to me like I know so many people. It it seems like it's everybody I know can just like come up with. They've got jokes in their, you know, in their repertoire that they can just pull out whenever they need to. And I am not one of those people. I never remember jokes. Like I only remembered the seven eight nine thing is because like that came up recently. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of my my humor lately is it's just TikTok stuff where like <laughs> a big thing is to try to get like streamers and, and like streamers catch them with I you know the concept of a uh, a D's nuts joke right? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, I do. <laughs> it, 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 it it's my like my thing lately has just been on tiktok like one of my favorite kinds of videos right now is just people trying to catch streamers with these nuts <laughs> jokes and like trying to come up with new ways to walk them into it <laughs> do you have an example that works <sighs> well not i i mean the classic one is um Obviously, this one's super old, not a date, but it's just kind of the classic, uh, especially I think I saw this used with an older streamer. It's like, hey, do you still own CDs? CDs nuts. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and I mean, they don't get better. They just get more inventive because like now so many people are so on guard for it. Oh, like. Yeah. You kind of have to. I know a lot of people who try to catch them in those things are trying to stretch a little more than they used to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Does that about do it then for today? I think so. We'll end on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Classy note. <laughs> oh, Josh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, now is the part of the show where you ask me where they can find us. Where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters, and email us nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Join us next week on Nerdburger when something happens with some guest who has yet to respond to the email. Which admittedly was my fault. I didn't send it out until last week. Or nobody will be here. And you'll just have to listen to me.